the Farm Advisory Service podcast. Audio advice on livestock, crops and soils, environment, rural business and more. Brought to you in association with the Scottish Government. Hello and welcome to this uh, Farm Advisory Service podcast. My name is Mark McDonald and I'm here with um, Sarah Balfour and Robert Ramsey, both uh, beef specialists with the SAC livestock team on the line. Um, this is uh, the second podcast in the winter feed planning project. Um, Robert, do you want to explain a bit about this uh, this project, winter feed or yeah, winter so planning project? A year ago, we came up with a a future plan for where we were going with farm advisory service meetings this year and we had planned to have a few roadshows around the country to um, basically have discussions with farmers about rationing and feed planning and uh, a bit of health planning as well and obviously because since then we've had COVID-19 and lockdown and uh, plans have had to change so the, basically the whole FAS programme has gone virtual and that means the um, winter planning video no, the, sorry the winter planning uh, project is now a video based project and podcast based project so we've done a half a dozen or maybe eight videos um on mostly focusing on forage planning uh, rationing and making sure you've got enough a uh, forage to get through the winter um we've got an we did a podcast on that as well and we've got another podcast down the line um, looking at animal health as well so and this one really was looking at this winter uh, I think the main issue on, on most places are is going to be straw or, or bedding supplies so um, we're hearing lots of stories uh, across the country of challenging a you know or a ch- certainly a changing environment for straw there's a lack of straw down south um, and a lack of straw in some areas of Scotland there's a massive a oversupply or excess of straw in, in some areas but on the whole it looks as though there's going to be a, a lot less straw than normal so with that in mind we thought it'd be good to have some kind of a tool and, and, and certainly a discussion on a on a podcast to try and try and help farmers make decisions and, and make sure that they're going to have enough bedding for the winter. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Bedding and feed as well, because a lot of people of course, use straw yeah. for a quite a yep. valuable use of feed as well. So Sarah, you're based in the in the northeast, and you've been speaking to straw merchants and the like recently. What what's uh what's the kind of situation in that area in your area? Yeah, I've been speaking to a number of straw merchants that are selling straw throughout Aberdeenshire and the Murrayshire areas, and there seems to be quite a good supply of straw. But there is a lot of wet straw which is hitting the market. There's a lot of outside straw being sold. That's trading at sort of four to six pound a bale um, for for round uh, round barley bales. Um, inside straw, um, I was quoted forty to fifty pounds a ton again for round uh, barley bales. Wheat straw is around eighty-five pound a ton, but supply is getting pretty tight for wheat straw from from what I can gather. Um, square bales, there's a good supply of those. They're about seventy pounds a ton, um, but a lot of those are heading south. They're heading south of the border and. Um, heading into to sort of Yorkshire and heading down into your area, Robert, which is a big, big concern for farmers in, in this area that straw supplies could tighten because straw is going elsewhere. So do you think maybe people have been a bit complacent because, I mean, 
quite quite a reasonable harvest, would you say, in your area? A reasonable amount of straw and, and not too bad conditions. I think that was making people think, oh, well, good harvest with plenty of straw about and maybe not, not worrying about it so much. Yeah, generally, I would say that folk had um, a fairly good fairly good harvest. Um, it does differ on, on areas a bit, you know, um, some folk had a really good yield of straw, um, and others they didn't have they didn't have so much, but they've got enough for what you know for what they need. Um, Aberdeen Northern March usually hold a weekly fodder sale, but they haven't really got going with this as yet because there's not been the demand from farmers for straw. So yeah, I think it's fair to say that some folk are being a bit complacent. They haven't really thought about it. They've maybe got enough in stock just now to see them through, uh, you know, to Christmas into the new year period. But then going forward after that, I don't know if the straw is going to be there for them. I think it's easy. Complacency is maybe um, to maybe an unfair word as well. It's it's uh, it's maybe you look at what the Scottish harvest has been in, and I think pretty well across the board straw supply has been good you know i know i know in about perth and things has been a, a bit less than normal but certainly here in the southwest there's been bumper crops of straw everything's been looking fine and the assumption would be that everything's fine everywhere but certainly if when you go again we, we're not on the road nobody's down nobody was down to the a uh, yorkshire show nobody's you know we're not traveling about the country nearly as much so farmers probably weren't as aware of what was happening south of the border and, and when you go south the further south you go the less and less straw there is and it's you, you know I, I don't think we i think complacency is too too blunt but i think that's the, the purpose of today is or, or just to try a certain and lack of awareness yeah i certainly read an article in the in a one of the farming you know farming um farming press about harvest down in england and it was really really shocking like i mean they said the straw was practically not there they were talking about you know a bale to to the acre they were they were making and i was because i because that period seemed you know quite good good yields good grain yields and certainly uh average straw yields so there seemed uh you know i was just quite shocked that uh that it was that bad down south so yeah and, and just to echo what sarah was saying there the, the issue is straw moving and moving in different directions so quite often so I, i'm based in Ayrshire and, and quite often eh, or many farmers will, will buy english straw there'll be straw coming up from from yorkshire mm. but at the moment there are there are yorkshire hauliers up here hauling straw back so you know there's a there's certainly it's, it's a big change from normal um for this year yeah it's going the other way effectively yeah yeah okay okay so so with what that in mind, what's your kind of um, kind of you know top you know or, or things to be thinking about right now? What can farmers do about? Uh, I mean, obviously, I mean you know, look at getting some straw bought in the shed is a good starting point too. But with with that in mind, what can we be doing to reduce straw use or uh, or you know save straw, and make it go a bit further? Yeah, basically, you need to target the use. Of straw so that um, it's being you know it's going to the appropriate stock class um, and that you, it's going basically it's going to where it needs it needs to be. Um, the key area for me is to eliminate passengers from the system um, so if we can eliminate passengers out the system particularly that empty cow you know the cows that are not in calf don't relate them they've got no economic role in, in, in any farm business but particularly at the moment, they're consuming straw, either eating in it, eating it or lying in it. Um, 
and producing nothing. So I think for more, certainly for more reasons than just straw, but uh, I would be looking to PD cows and get rid of those empty cows as soon as possible, get them off farm and get them away out the road. The, the other thing, and, and we've, it kind of echoes what we've said with forage supply is, or with silage supply and things as well, is if you're tight at the moment, we've got really quite remarkable trade for um, suckled calves in stores. And, and breeding cattle as well. So they're a really good option there to maybe sell a bit quicker. And it does kind of move the problem on to someone else, but certainly keeping yourself, keeping your own business right has to be your your biggest priority. Um, and, and I think, you know, looking at what stock are on farm and, and maybe trying to pair that back, right back to what's, what are the productive, you know, what what's the breeding breeding stock and what's the minimum number you can carry if straw is a big issue some people all have plenty and everything's fine but if you're looking at it yeah. i think getting rid of those passengers out the system's always got to be the priority yeah i mean some mixed farms are you know very kind of um self-reliant or self-sufficient and and you know they you know they won't be affected by the straw markets in the same way that you know people who are a bit more or less mixed and don't have their own straw so they, they can be taken on taking on extra cows if they want to as well and what's the kind of the cal cow market doing just now robert is this a quite a good time to yeah. be selling cal cows yeah. given that a lot of folk are scanning cows and there's a lot of cows down the road cows are still a good trade so cows are the, the beef job in general this year has been as good as it's been for a long time and and yes you'd probably been better off to sell cull cows maybe a month ago but that's that's always the case and at the moment you can sell cull cows to advantage uh, whether it's a direct to slaughter through the ring you know there's there's plenty of options for them you know for the guys that are that are feeding uh, the fattening cattle and the finishers you know there there is that you know you could essentially um just put them on a more intensive straw and, and concentrate mix to get them away get them away quicker and then that not only frees up straw uh, for the other stock that you've got on farm but it also frees up silage supplies as well yeah and it's a strange one to get your head around because saving straw by moving them onto a straw-based diet seems crazy but if you do if they do go on to an intensive finishing system their diet's drier their dung's drier and they're there for a lot less time yeah ultimately you've got a shorter finishing time um, and then overall the effect is that you are using less uh, less feed yep yep good and i suppose the other thing worth discussing would be um alternatives so we've got straw is not the only the only show in town. Um, me in the southwest here, we've got quite a lot of slats and cubicles, which obviously those guys are in, in quite a good place. But I don't think anybody would want to dig out a, a slatted tank or put in a, an expensive cubicle shed in the middle of November. So um, it's what you know. What are the other alternatives? And I think things like wood fines and and sawdust and things are really useful products. They're 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 a good tool. Um, whether supply of them, you know, it's a supply and demand driven market, so uh, prices will change. And and I know there's been some manufacturing issues through lockdown and things with some uh, wood based materials, but certainly worth having a, a think outside the box with what else is available locally and what else can be uh, can be used. Yeah, definitely. And you know, these wood based alternatives, they don't have to replace the straw bedding entirely. Um, you know, wood chip can be used as a base layer, um, and with you know with a straw used on top, so that 
you know, the moisture, the urine drains down through the straw. Um, it's filtered down through into the wood chips and it keeps that the top layer of straw drier for, for longer. Just makes straw go a little bit further if you can source wood chip locally and at a, a reasonable price. Yeah. Do you, either if you know what the, the prices are like for wood chips or wood fines? I know timber prices as a whole, I've heard, have kind of gone up, but is that... Uh... Is that true on the uh, sawdust and vines side? I bought three Arctics for home a few months ago, and that was in the early thirties a ton. But I don't know. I don't know what it is today. Um, no. When I spoke to the ring last week, um, they said for wood chips forty pounds a ton. Okay, but there was okay. there was a wait for that again going back to what you said robert about um manufacturing um a lot of plants a lot of the processing plants were were, were shut down uh due to covid due, you know they didn't have their workforce there uh, so there is a sort of backlog of orders but there is um there is wood-based materials there it's just it's just getting them yeah and there's some good just to flag up there's some good a uh, materials on the farm advisory service website on alternative bedding yeah um, and I, I think you did a couple of podcasts as well Sarah didn't you yeah there's a podcast um with uh, a farmer using wood vines and he's been using them for the last uh, 10 years uh, and there's also a podcast with um keenan who actually there it's recycled garden waste um which is sort of mulched and and and, and, and composted uh, into into a bedding product. They're both there on um, on the Farm Advisory website um, and they, they talk through the pros and the cons, um, gives a, a farmer's point of view on using an alternative and um, talks about sort of animal health, welfare and you know how he's found using the product so it's certainly certainly one to have a listen to, it's, it's useful. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. I've actually got a, a client who well, be three or four years ago he bought some um, portable cubicles, which so he's already on a, a kind of slurry system elsewhere on his farm, and he bought um, some portable cubicles that he puts into a, what used to be a straw bedded court, and cows lie up in cubicles uh, for most of the uh, most of the winter, and then the cubicles come out for calving time, and the cost of doing that he reckoned was just over. So to to buy the the bed, the mat, and the cubicle together. The cost of doing that was just more than one year's worth of straw. So actually, he's now got a system where bedding, or certainly for that group of cattle, bedding is a. He, I think he throws a pail of sawdust at them now and again just to keep them keep them dry or keep the mats dry. But the the system's pretty good and something. If you've got somewhere that suits or so it's something you're thinking about, it's worth costing out what it would be and also cost it against what you're annual straw bill is um because it's you know once they're bought and paid for it's um they're good to go uh, but it's, it's horses for courses it doesn't suit everybody and it's a uh, for for say i for many people cubicles would be probably quite a bad idea um if there's no slurry system or anything in place but it's certainly it's another another option something to consider yeah what about the likes of um yeah scrape feed passes does that uh is that being shown to reduce straw use significantly yep so just having a bedded court behind them what's interesting if you go to the northeast where all the straw is you don't see a lot of scrape passages there are some but you don't see lots and you come to the southwest where there isn't much straw and there's loads of you know 
the vast majority of courts have got a scrape passage and that probably tells you what you need to know to start with that um, if we are spending a lot of money on straw we'll find a way of cheating it so I think it's something like 60 or 70 percent of the dung happens on the passage yeah yeah I had yeah. a bigger 70 in my head yeah Good. yeah and of course if you go to Orkney again you see even more so with the amount of you know cubicle cubicle sheds and slatted courts they have there you know where straw is a very you know um uh aye, quite an expensive commodity for them mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, yeah. and th- the other thing that you can do if you've got a scrape passage as well for dry suckler cows quite a long way off calving there's, there's nothing wrong with shutting them on the passage for a wee while as well yeah um, keep them off the straw for a while yeah so you can you know let, feed them in the morning let them stand up and then let them back at lunchtime and you know, as provided there's nobody's lame or nobody's, um, there's no issues in there, those cows will stand fine, do their dung, and you can scrape the passage once you shut them back, and it's fairly, you know, fairly decent, straightforward system. Yeah, there is actually a fact sheet on the FAS website uh, titled Managing Straw Supplies, and just when we were discussing uh, scraping feed passes there, there is a section on minimising waste which uh, talks about feed passes um, and scraping the area and it suggests that straw usage can be reduced um, by 30% if you keep that area clean and, and you're not bedding the, the, the feed pass, the, the feed stance. Yeah, yeah. so uh, significant savings there if you, if you, you know, put in that put in that infrastructure or if you've got it anyway or if you can adapt a shed uh, to, to be a scrape feed pass yeah um, okay, okay just while we're on the, the topic of sheds as well it's something that often gets forgotten about is um sort of basic uh, shed repairs so leaking guttering or leaking water troughs uh, they can quite often be adding to the water that's you know in in the building um and you don't want to be using losing the use of straw because it's having to soak up um, water from leaking troughs or leaking guttering yeah. so just some sort of basic shed repairs um, and a bit of maintenance can can help save on straw as well and the other thing to flag up would be ventilation too so yeah. um i remember seeing some figures about a, it was a meeting actually and there was a basically it was a hypothetical slatted shed that um it held 120 cows, and the question was: Do you have the do you put a, do you close the ridge or do you leave the ridge open? And the everybody would say leave you know leave the ridge closed or put put a lid in it to stop the rain coming in. Over the full winter, there would be four cube of rain would come in the the open ridge at the top, and every day there was a, over a ton of moisture produced, over a cube of mo- moisture produced from those cattle themselves. So actually getting that wet air out the building has a big advantage. So it seems strange as well, if we're trying to keep a bed dry, we want more wet outside air. <laughs> you know, we want to <laughs> expose things to the, to the elements. But if, if you can, you know, open things up a bit and, and get things drier. But it's possibly, it's not really for now. You know, it's a... It's something to consider like for, a for future years. Lo- long-term thing to look at yeah. to make sure everything's kind of going right. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. If the ventilation is correct, then you know the the air will just carry the moisture out or some of the moisture out of the shed, which will in turn save your bedding. One thing on top on top of the straw issue, I think we need to be really really careful. All of us need to be really really careful that cows across the board are very fit. There's a lot of fat cows out there. 
yeah. who've grazed well and and many of them have been fairly early housed they're on to some kind of rationed fairly early and and they've got a lot of condition in their back so for me and it doesn't certainly doesn't suit every farm and, and certainly sitting here in the southwest it's um there's plenty parishes that you couldn't you couldn't say this in at all but there's a role for putting some of these cows outside you know there's nothing like the cold to actually pair some condition off these cows and they're, they're going to need that so it's an opportunity you know we've, we've those cows are carrying a lot of feed on their back um, that yeah. we can actually spin out forage supplies and spin out bedding stock by, a, you know, putting them outside and into into good areas. And it's amazing what even taking one one beast out of each pen can make a big difference to to straw consumption in a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it'd be a win-win, like you say. If the cows are too fit, then it's you, you know it's only going to be a, a good thing to slim them down a bit before calving, and you can save your bedding too. Yeah. So there's a yeah a real dual benefit to that one. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was thinking is you know prioritizing yeah, that's good straw. So at at the moment, if you're spring calving, if you've got ropey straw and good straw this is the time to use the ropey stuff and make sure you've got a good supply of decent straw for calving time. Um, yeah, because yeah, calving... stock are a priority. Yes. Um, you know, they need a they need a clean dry bed to yeah. to lie in to maintain and... their body temperature and you know and reduce the risk of diseases and and, and scour getting in among your young calfies. Yeah. Um I calving down into a wet bed's worse than useless. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so just on the on the topic of um, prioritising bedding for different groups of stock, um, I'm sure most folk won't be skimping or trying to save bedding for cows that are within a couple of weeks of calving. But those heavily pregnant animals, um, they need to to have a clean bed, uh, keep their udders, keep their teats clean, so that you know when the calves go for their first suckle, there's no dirt um, going to get into the colostrum. Because that, of course, um, has a major impact on how effective the colostrum intake is if they're sucking from a from a dirty teat. Robert, what's your thoughts on bedding machines? Do you think they save straw? So for straw bedders, the mm-hmm. they're a great tool. I, I'm I'm not sure how good they are for animal temperament and for you know yeah. for going forward. I think it's a one less job that people are in amongst cattle which is in some ways a good thing from a health and safety point of view in the short term but in the longer term they're getting less and less exposed to us so they see you um, bedding them with a machine feeding them with a machine uh, on the bike in the summer and then anytime you're actually they see a standing up human it's because they're jagging them PDing them or dozing them yeah. uh, or tagging a calf and so I don't know they're useful machines and I think there's no doubt because it's if something's simple, it gets done. So I think those I've got straw bedders often have a um, have you know have cleaner cleaner cattle, but that would you know it's based on doing it more regularly. And actually, by doing it more regularly, they probably save it. They'll use less straw to bed them, but they'll bed them more often. So I think on the whole, I think it'll be very similar straw usage. Um, when when you take it over the full year, I think the, the straw usage will be pretty similar. Mm-hmm. I think just to basically to 
kind of finish it up. All I was going to say is there's no silver bullet here. There's nothing that's going to, you know, it's going to be a tough winter. But what the best thing we can do is communicate with each other. So speak to neighbours, speak to straw suppliers, find out who's got what and, and try and get your name on some. So, I mean, I, yeah. I wouldn't be yeah. scared to going forward book it or, or certainly have that discussion to make sure that, yeah, we're going to have to pay for it. We know that the straw price is, is high at the moment and it's going to likely, very likely to increase. Um, but, you know, we've got to have that discussion and, and make sure that you can uh, or, or do your best to, to try and secure some straw for, for later in the year. Any closing points, Sarah? Um, I just kind of wanted to highlight the fact that there is quite a lot of folk who may have already bought bought their straw, um, but they haven't taken it home. It's still sitting out in the field and it's just getting wetter and wetter. Um, and, you know, if that's, if folk are sitting thinking, oh, I've, I've got straw, but it's actually outside in a park soaking up moisture and it's, you know, it's getting soaked by rain as well. Le- le- you're getting less and less straw you're, by the day. Almost, you're yeah. Getting, yeah, you're getting less and less and the straw that you've got essentially is not going to be as effective as you think it is for bedding and you're going to have to use more to soak up that wet straw um, before you can get the use of, of the bedding. For, you know, for essentially keeping the cattle dry, which is, you know, what you want. And that's and what we're trying to do. We're, we're trying to bed cattle. We're not trying to use straw. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the wetter the wetter the bedding, the dirtier it tends to be, um, which leads to cattle being wetter and dirtier um, themselves. Okay. Thanks, Robert. Thanks, Sarah. That's uh, very informative and great to get us all thinking about making sure our straw supplies are sorted out for the winter ahead and raise a bit of awareness about um, the potential demand of straw this this year. There's plenty more content as part of the winter feed planning on the Farm Advisory Service website. There's videos and there's technical notes and stuff there as well. Thank you.